0: If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens.
1: Happy day, pet lovers, and welcome to Pet Lover Geek. We have got a terrific show for you today. We're going to be having a conversation about latest best practices that are happening right now in veterinary science that are helping our pets experience improve when they see the vets. Because for a lot of our fur kids, especially my cats, uh, a visit to the vet is filled with anxiety and sometimes overwhelming fear. I have one cat who it's almost impossible to even get her into the vet. And once she's there, she's just terrified. And even one of my dogs doesn't enjoy it that much either. So this is a problem and it doesn't help the overall pet of the health to be that scared either. So some of that you probably heard of, Dr. Marty Becker had came up with a new initiative that is looking to end that. It's called the Fear Free Project, and I'm really excited to have Dr. Michelle Forbes on the show to talk about Dr. Brecker's project and how she's involved with it. Welcome to the show, Dr. Forbes. Hi, Lorene. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about the Fear Free movement. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited too. And I, when I started, first started talking to this uh, with Dr. Marty about this, and I thought, wow, this is, this is what I've been looking for as a pet parent, this kind of attention in, in, in the veterinarian. So, so talk about just the general mission of the product, project and, sure. and everything about that.
2: Sure, absolutely. Well, the, the most fundamental thing to understand about the Fear Free mission is that it is intended to prevent and alleviate fear, anxiety, and stress. And those are three words that come up over and over again throughout the entire program. Fear, anxiety, and stress. You know, pets experience these just like you were talking about with your cat and your dog. They experience this when they come to the vet. And there are a multitude of things that veterinary professionals can do to reduce the fear, anxiety, and stress that pets experience. So what the Fear Free Project is to basically is an entire program to inspire and educate the people who care for pets to reduce the fear, anxiety, and stress during vet visits. And it's, it's extended to home and other, you know, facets of a pet's life. Um, But what we're looking at today is, you know, how we can impact it as veterinarians.
1: And so there's a, there's a lot of training involved, I understand, right?
2: Yes. So it started, you know, the inception was in March of 2016, and it basically started with a core um, continuing education platform. It was a There are modules, multiple modules, and it was basically continuing education of nine hours that involved doing several um, modules that started with trying to really um, change the mindset of veterinarians to understand that, emotional well-being during a pet's vet visit is just as important as the physical and really the two cannot be separated. Um, So yes, you you know, the training is in the training involved is um, these modules and then uh, a professional can become certified as a fear-free professional. Um, The program now has evolved into Um, more elaborate training. So there's a second module for more advanced techniques. And then there are many uh, specific modules in terms of how to schedule the appointments appropriately, how to educate clients, how to deal with puppies and kittens specifically. So there's just a multitude of learning opportunities for all veterinary professionals. Everyone from the person who greets the client at the front desk to the person who is um, in the treatment area, caring for the pets, uh, either while hospitalized or while they're during their vet visit. Everybody can be included in this uh, fear free approach. Well,
1: so, now tell me if I'm a pet parent and I'm going into a fear free clinic and I've never been in one before, what kind of differences am I going to see? What, what's my experience? How is it going to be different than any other vet? Because clearly, I go into the vet, but everybody loves my pet and they're all excited to see <laughs> them, but right. what's the difference right. going to be?
2: It's, it is a fundamental difference from the minute you call that fear-free practice. So when you call to schedule your appointment, it is going to be a different conversation. That conversation is going to involve what, it, what, what fears do you know your pet has? What treats do you, does your pet like? Do they have dietary restrictions that will affect how we can use treats? Treats are an enormous part of the fear-free approach because we know most animals are food motivated. And Mm -hmm. that is what really makes them excited. So the difference that you're going to experience is going to start with a phone call. It's going to to affect the way you walk into the clinic. And a lot of this depends on what type of pet you are bringing in. So some animals are naturally eager to meet new people and see new environments and and be doted on, right? So those are some of the easier uh, pets to bring into a veterinary practice. But there are others who are extremely extremely fearful who have had potentially negative experiences or just have fabulous memories, right? And they remember mm-hmm. the last time they were in and got their anal glands expressed and, you know, they right, don't want to yeah, do That's that not pleasant time. for
1: anybody. So,
2: Right. So um, depending on what the pet's experience has been and how the pet behaves even at home, um, it that kind of determines what your experience will be at the animal hospital. But for any pet walking in, um we're going to greet them in a manner that is calm, inviting. It's going to acknowledge that a pet immediately picks up on environmental cues, on our cues, pheromones, the color of the uh, the, the paint, other animals, the smells, the textures, where they're located for cats being placed on the floor in the lobby is very stressful, mm-hmm. um, you know, for some dogs, waiting in the lobby can really increase their anxiety and stress, getting them directly to an exam room, the way we approach them with this scale, taking temperatures. You know, uh, when I graduated vet school, uh, you know, we would walk into an exam room and before we would really even acknowledge a pet or a pet parent, we would be taking heart Heart rate, respiratory rate, and the temperature. Well, that's no
1: way to meet somebody in the first <laughs> yeah. five minutes, right? Yeah, right. So, let, let me put so, this cold, scary thing on you and see how you feel.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And our stethoscopes carry fear-form pheromones on them. So, you know, from one pet uh, visit to another, it's important to not only clean our stethoscope off our germs, but even more importantly for those pheromones that the next pet is going to pick up on. So the, the fear-free movement is... It seems like such common sense on one level, but it is also such an incredible attention to detail on another level. But really what it's about is thinking about what a vet visit is like from the pet's perspective mm-hmm. and trying to eliminate every opportunity for fear, anxiety, or stress to creep into that vet visit. So like to bring it back to what you were saying, you're going to come into a room, there's going to be music playing, there's going to be pheromones in the room, there are going to be m- treats from the minute they walk in, we're going to be using a non-confrontational approach with a pet, we're going to give cats an opportunity to come out of the carrier on their own, we're going to give most animals 7 to 10 minutes in an exam room to, to get acclimated before we even come in to start um, that encounter with a pet, uh, movement throughout the hospital is different. We're going to make sure that we try to do as much as possible in the exam room with mom and dad if that's where the pet's most comfortable. We're going to eliminate the opportunity to see other pets, to hear other pets, and the uh, you know, any kind of treatments that we will perform are done with minimal stress and handling. So for a lot of cats, um, absolutely no scruffing, trying to entice them with really high-value treats, doing things in a way that allows for the animal to express what is working and what is not working, and then stopping at each step, reading that animal's body and their cues to let us know when we need to stop and reassess what our approach is.
1: And, and how are pets responding? I mean, are you seeing a difference in your clinic? Oh,
2: my gosh, I cannot even.
1: So this is where I just get so
2: excited that I could, like, I could talk for the next three hours about what we see. <laughs> Not only, I mean, I just like, it's hard for me to even prioritize where to begin about how pets benefit. One of the things that I love, and this was very early on after getting certified, we had a pet parent who was walking her dog Henry at night and we were uh, closed and Henry stopped at our door and would not move from our door. (laughs) And she, she recorded this and sent it to us and it just, it really touched all of us because it really showed us that you can absolutely make a difference. This was a dog who had high anxiety, was very stressed out when he was coming in, and we'd worked with him, and we got to the point where he, when he saw he knew the door, and when he saw it, he wanted to come in because he knew good things happened here. Um, So it's from the pet's perspective, they're going to be uh, happier and healthier when we can practice medicine that does not increase their fear, anxiety, and stress. So uh, all around, they're going to be coming in more often because pet parents are more likely to come in if they're not seeing their pet experience Mm -hmm. stress, right? Mm -hmm. No one wants to put their pet through something that is unpleasant. The pet is going to experience a better vet visit. We're going to get a more meaningful exam. Our treatments are going to be more meaningful. And we know scientifically that stress interferes with health, healing, and long lifespan, so on every level, the pet benefits.
1: Yeah, and I'm thinking just in terms of like my boss, and she's got a heart murmur, and most of the time they can't hear it because her heart's beating so fast. Exactly. The office.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, so I can yes, imagine. And that well, the CDC, right.
2: I don't know if you saw this, but the CDC just published a study that they're doing about humans with the flu vaccine, and they've shown that a positive attitude during your flu vaccine is the only factor that can actually change or increase the body's antibodies to that flu vaccine. Wow. So I just think, you know, <laughs> isn't that cool? I know, like, we can extrapolate that to pets,
1: absolutely. Know, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's say that, now I know for a fact that my uh, veterinarians who are awesome people, but they're not a fear-free clinic. H- how can they get involved? How, how can they, be, you know, become a fear-free clinic?
2: It is so easy. There is a website. It is fearfreepets.com. And it is very well laid out for veterinary professionals, for pet owners. It has everything laid out. And I couldn't be busier. I have a family. I just opened my practice in uh, 2015. I have got a crazy life. And I was able to integrate the whole fear-free approach into my life and get certified. It is a fantastic uh, setup. It's really really user-friendly. And you can get a wealth of information.
1: Awesome. And what would you say if you were talking to a veterinarian who's like, eh, "I don't know that we have time, money, whatever"? What What would you say is the one thing that they should to, should think of?
2: Oh, it's it, it is the future of veterinary medicine, and you might as well jump on now because the benefits <laughs> that you will experience will prove that you made the right decision. Truly, it is, this is the most revolutionary thing that I've, I've experienced in, in veterinary medicine, and it is the future. Awesome. And pet parents
1: love it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today, Dr. Michelle. I am, I'm stoked to hear more about Fear Free, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, absolutely. It's been my pleasure, Lauren. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And stick around, pet parents. Next up, we're going to talk to Steve Dale about how you can bring fear-free into your home, which makes the whole thing even better. Stick around. That's what's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America.
3: the internet's number one talk station number one talk station Voiceamerica.com america.com
0: up live with host dr suzanne phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective it's a look at what matters to us fridays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern
3: time on the voice america variety channel have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy plus you get to take advantage of some great member benefits get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels keep track of your favorite episodes shows and hosts in your own customizable library Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling voiceamerica.com.
0: This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the show, pet lovers. Today, we are talking about new techniques and practices in veterinary science to help our pets not only live healthier lives, but happier and calmer lives. To help us continue the conversation, I've invited Steve Dale. He's our good friend, well-known certified animal behavior consultant, author of the popular blog, Petworld.com, and host of two national radio shows and speaker of wonderful things all across the country. So, Steve. Steve, let's talk today about these incredible things that uh, are not only being done in, in the vet clinic, but also that you can do at home with your pet, pet as a pet parent to make them have a more pleasurable experience. So, you ready to go, Steve?
4: Of course I am, yes.
1: All right, look, I want to start first. With things that pet parents can do uh, to be a fear-free home, to kind of help with that fear and anxiety that comes with visiting the vet, what do we do before we even leave the house to go to the vet?
4: Well, the, the first thing is to, oh gosh, there's some, that's a bigger question than you think it is. Uh, let me <laughs> back up a couple steps. Okay. Too many of our pets, I, I, I'm guessing half, half the cats are more, probably more, Definitely more than half the cats, a significant percent of dogs are so terrified, so terrified once they get to the veterinary clinic that they actually believe they are going to
1: die.
4: Right. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. They no, believe totally they are going to die. Now, we need to do something about that, and that's what fear free these two words you mentioned is all about. It's an initiative in veterinary medicine uh, to help veterinarians find ways to lower fear, anxiety, and stress of veterinary visits. But what veterinarians can't directly on a day-to-day basis do anything about is what happens in the pet's home mm-hmm. before it even begins in their clinic. And, and there are so many ways to answer your question. Now, let me start with cat. With cats, the moment the carrier comes out, typically, uh, the cat is in the next county. If they built that wall between here and Mexico, the cat would be over the wall already in the next country. Uh, Or or you're literally chasing the cat around the house. And by the time you stuff that cat into the carrier and you have a screaming cat. And you're probably bloody.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and you're probably bloody at this point, too.
4: (laughs) Maybe. So what's happening with the human-animal bond? And, right. and what is that cat feeling? And what kind of exam is that cat going to get? So the good news is the cat may get there, but the heart is beating so fast that the blood work is going to be skewed. The veterinarian can't possibly hear a potential heart murmur or all those other things that veterinarians put the stethoscope on the cat for. Mm-hmm. We need to do better than that. And also just because it's the right to do emotional health is very important and long term for animals that consistently need to in the case of cats and some talking cats need to be put in that carrier over and over uh, because maybe something is wrong or they need to get their sugar checked because they're diabetic whatever the reason is to put them through that stress over and over and over in of itself is unhealthy Mm -hmm. and and we need to do better than that and we can and and fear free this wonderful initiative as i said and you said begins in homes and and you can learn more about that at fear free happy homes and there's a whole thing you could sign up for it which is free you can get lots of information even get discounts to products but you get all sorts of tips and one of those tips is well to how to train a cat. And I've done this with adult cats. So I'm not talking about little kittens. I'm talking about an eight-year-old or a nine- or 10-year-old cat who always has hated to go to the veterinarian and how to carry train that cat, how to get that cat adjusted to the car ride and how to get that cat to at least accept, maybe not love, mm-hmm. but accept that veterinary visit and maybe like. That veterinary visit. Uh, it's possible to do. It takes some effort. There's no question about that. It takes some time and the commitment of, of the family members who are involved in all this, but it absolutely can be done, and I think it's worthwhile. The other thing we can do are, are things that don't even directly, we don't think that they directly relate to veterinary visits, but they're important for our pet's health. Uh, for example, enriching our uh, dog and cat's environment, uh, enriching that environment on a day-to-day basis, we now know is helpful for that animal, and it's beneficial to the human-animal bond. And and what I'm talking about are we can't always be there 24/7 for our pets, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, all dogs, even your wonderful Boston Terrier, was bred to do. <laughs> Something, right. And we often don't allow that dog to do the something they were bred to do. So uh, for a Border Collie, we may not have sheep in our backyard, but we might have a Frisbee disc to toss and they can return it to us and sort of herd it right back to us, which is why Border Collies in general, beside their athleticism, are so good at doing those Frisbee champions that, that we see on Animal Planet and, and elsewhere on television. Um, we, we need to do more of these things with our dogs and our cats. All cats are born with a prey drive. They're hardwired to pounce and, and chase prey when they're given food in a big bowl that we fill up based on their request, and we become an automatic food dispenser.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: That's not helpful for our cats at all. And and we now know all of this through science the the difference enriching an indoor environment can make.
1: And just having it, just giving that uh, that enrichment to either your dog or your cat. I mean, we've seen it here in our home. The more we've worked towards that, and a lot of it's through the stuff that I've learned through, through uh, this show over the last year. The the calmer our pets are in general. I want to also mention too, uh, and have you talk a little bit, a little bit. One of the things that I've learned is about how you feel and touch and interact with your dog in a physical way to kind of help them prepare with being poked and prodded at the vet.
4: Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. So, well, so say like, that again. So, one, so one of the
1: things that, uh, for Penny, my, my dog, uh, who has an eye issue, well, I've on my vet actually suggested that, you know, we, we do more things around her face and make it a comforting and it's an okay that we're touching oh, her sure. face and things like that.
4: Sure, sure, sure. So, um, What I'm about to describe you could do with the belt dogs
1: and cats, 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 cats,
4: too. So so let's not leave out the cats. So, yes, walk up to your dog every single day and act as if you're poking your dog in the face. Don't do that, by the way. And give your dog a treat while you put your fingers near the dog's face. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have a dog that it's safe to do that. Yes, with, I do. Incidentally. Uh, <laughs> and, and lift the dog's ear up and look inside the air and say, oh, my, how, what an interesting ear you have. If you have little kids, as long as they are able to follow your directions and do this in a humane manner, have the little kids do that. It prepares for all sorts of things above and beyond the veterinary visit, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often I mean, people may come to your house and accidentally step dog's tail. It hurts. If if someone did that to us, for those of us that have tails, we may turn around and bite them just like a dog would, but we don't want our dogs doing that. So accustoming your dog to being handled in what is a rude way from the dog or cat's perspective, and they don't understand they're getting a physical exam, that this is for their betterment, uh, by preparing for that. Absolutely. I'm with uh, kittens and puppies. The first thing you do is go to the veterinarian for a happy visit. Not, uh, make the appointment, but not the exam. They just meet the front office staff who will tell you, I guarantee it, that you have the most cutest puppy or kitten ever that they've seen. And then go back again and again if you can, yeah, and treat, even treat, before treat. the first vet <laughs> visit.
1: Yeah. Hmm? And and the treats, too. Our dogs love some of the treats that they get at the veterinarian more than what they get here, for sure. Now, I want to ask, so I... We, now, we've talked to Dr. Marty about, about the fear-free, and I know that a lot of veterinarian clinics are working towards that. But what if you are in a community like I am? I live in a small rural community. There are no fear-free veterinary programs here. I'm certainly encouraging my own vet to look into it. But but what advice can you give to a pet parent there in the last couple minutes that we have about, so you don't have a vet that's, that's working on a fear-free clinic, what can you do to help that situation?
4: Well, first of all, uh, do what you're doing, of course. You're Lori and Clemens, you have a bit more pull than many of us, but uh, tell your veterinarian about fear-free and say, this is beneficial. This my opinion as to why it's beneficial. Look it up for yourself so you're understanding more in detail what Dr. Be- Becker spoke about and what I'm talking about as well. And there's lots of information. So one thing you can do is become a fear-free happy home. So mm-hmm. even if your veterinarian isn't playing along with the game, you can. Right. And, and as I say, it's free, and there's lots that comes to you as a result of you doing this, as well as information that will help you in that veterinary visit.
1: And tell people again where they go to get that information when we wrap up.
4: Yeah, sure. It's Fear Free Happy Homes, uh, fearfreehappyhomes.com.
1: All right. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Steve. This is really important stuff. I know that since I just started working on all of this type of stuff with my own pets, uh, particularly Penny, who's in the hospital quite a lot lately uh, with her eye, uh, it's made a big difference. So I really appreciate the work that you, Dr. Becker, are doing uh, to help everybody be a lot happier when they go to the vets. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Thank you. This is about changing lives. It's, It's wonderful.
1: Absolutely. Hang tight, pet lovers. Up next, we are going to talk to a veterinarian who has some great tips to help you, the pet parent, make sure that all of your pet's veterinary di- visits are darn near utopian. And that is what's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America.
2: If you're an influencer you don't follow the trends you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives. Collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors entrepreneurs, artists and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at one 472 5788 Again, that's one 472 5788 Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, pet lovers. Today we are talking about new methods to help our fur kids have a better Calmer experience while visiting the vet. We've already talked with Dr. Michelle Forbes about Dr. Marty Becker's new program, Fear Free, about how veterinarians are using this great program in their offices. And then we got to talk to Steve Dale about how you, the pet parent, can help prep your pets for a great visit before you even leave the house and get in the car. So now I'm excited because we're going to talk to Dr. Julie Busby about what you, the pet parent, can do at the veterinarian clinic to help the pets stay calm and make the whole experience be a good experience now dr busby has been an integrated veterinarian for nearly 20 years she's earned certification by the american veterinary chiropractic association and by the international veterinary acupuncture society and she is the inventor of toe grips which are really awesome things that can help your pups keep traction on slippery surfaces really excited to have you here on the show dr busby
6: Thank you so much, Laurie, and I'm so excited to be doing this specific segment.
1: Yeah, it's it's clear when we're talking about all this that making a vet visit stay calm and relatively pleasant uh, is really multifaceted. It's not really just about the vet and what the vet and their staff does, but it really has largely to do with the pet parent. And I know you're going to talk with us about today, and you have some great tips. I think there's six of them, in fact, about what pet parents can do to make that vet visit really wonderful. So so run us really quickly through those six tips
6: and then we'll we'll dig in. Sounds great. Okay, so I love that I'm coming on the heels of Dr. Marty Becker. He the Fear Free movement is revolutionizing the veterinary industry and the way we care for pets. But the pet parent has a role in the way that the visit flows for sure. We know that our pets read us like a book. And so we can be prepared and we can set the tone for a a positive experience. And the first thing I would say is just being organized. When you walk into that appointment, it is so helpful for you to have your thoughts written down maybe Mm -hmm. on a notebook or even on your phone so that you're prepared with the questions that you have to ask, any concerns that you have, because that'll make the whole appointment be more efficient. And so the vet will appreciate that. Your pet will appreciate that. The, the whole tone of the the appointment will be more relaxed because you are prepared. Um, you're just prepared to present your your side of the story, so to speak. Number two, I would say. It's really important to kind of think about the vet visit as an event and not really an appointment. So if your appointment's at 3:30, your mindset shouldn't be, "I need to get in, you know, get in the door by 3:30." I've looked in the parking lot so many times and seen, you know, somebody just they obviously just got off work, shoved the dog in the car, you know, with good intentions. Everybody's busy, and then rush the dog right in the door, and it's—it kind of just sets up this whole stressful mentality of of rushing in. So. Mm-hmm make time to get that excess energy um, burned up before you even get into the visit. We always joke that a tired dog is a good dog or at least a more cooperative dog. And so if you make time to maybe have a play session or a good walk before the visit, make sure your dog has the opportunity to go to the bathroom and relieve himself before Mm -hmm. he even gets in the door. It just makes so much of a better experience. You really set the tone um, by having the dog just walk in relaxed and, not being kind of thrown into the appointment time. Yeah, totally. Number three, and you will be shocked about how much of a difference this makes, but I encourage my clients to breathe through the appointment. Sometimes you know, either they're nervous about how their dog's going to respond to something that's being done to them, or they're just nervous about being in the vet hospital to begin with. And so they, they hold that tension and they actually, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of hold their breath. And like I said, the dogs completely read that. And so I, I've had several appointments where I just had to put my hand on the the client's shoulder and say, all right, we're going to just stop the appointment and you're going to just breathe for a couple minutes. (laughs) And it totally changes the ambiance in the room. So I know that sounds a little bit you know, foo-foo, But I'm telling you, the dogs just pick up our energy, and so it's important that we just set the st- set the tone, be good positive role models for the fact that this is a positive experience, and it will make all the difference for the dog. My next tip is honestly my favorite: distraction, distraction, distraction. Uh, I can't, I can't even tell you the amount of times that I'm doing something to a dog, and it may be something as simple as taking a rectal temperature, um, you know, about to be inserting a needle for a blood draw, and the the pet parent is very eager to see what's going on, and so they they stop. This kind of ties into the holding the breath thing, but they stop, <laughs> and everything stops, and we're all focused on whatever, you know, not, not very pleasant thing is about to take place. Versus the client that's like rubbing the dog's head and talking to them, and they've got their attention on on the you know the person, and so the dog doesn't even notice what what's happening. And so it's such a low tech uh, form of of uh, just ensuring a positive experience, yeah. distraction. And, and uh, certainly if you watch veterinary technicians that have been around the block, they're really, really good at it. They're they're talking, they're rubbing, they've got the belly rub, sometimes they've got a little pat going on the hind end, but they're doing everything they can. And that's actually to, to distract the dog, and that's actually... Um, a medical phenomenon, it's basically using the gate theory of pain where we're going to stimulate one part of the body so that another part of the body, the, the pathways to the brain are, are distracted. So I can't stress enough how great and, and valuable it is to just be active in providing moral support your, through, for your dog through distraction. Um, The fifth point is waiting outside the box, so to speak, thinking outside the box about your appointment. If you, veterinary hospitals are notorious for this feast or famine. So if you get to the vet hospital and the waiting room is packed, just ask. Hey, can I wait outside? It mm-hmm. just sets it sets the tone for the dog to be relaxed. They're out there sniffing. They're out there happy, as opposed to just you know crammed in a really busy waiting room. And honestly, the receptionist will appreciate your yeah. your <laughs> the least amount of the chaos that's going on in that waiting room. The better, right, right. And if it's winter, even waiting in your car, it's just it tends to be a more relaxed place than you know being a part of of the chaos that's taking place and it won't affect your cue for the appointment, but it means your dog goes right from a happy place of relaxation in the exam room, as opposed to sitting for some amount of time and just observing, mm-hmm. observing a stressful environment if, if it's crazy. And then the last one is let sleeping dogs lie. I had learned this from one of my clients. He had a senior dog and he would always bring his bed to the appointment. And certainly it's a vet. So I encouraged him to you know wash the cover when he got home. Cause it is a hospital. Right, right. Um, but I just, I mean, it was, this was a senior dog who now granted many of them like to lie on cold, hard floors, but the dog was just hanging out on his little bed and it was this little security blanket and it just made the appointment so much better uh, mm-hmm. because there was this of familiarity so those are some tips that I think are just common sense they're simple they're free um, but really in my observation over the you know past 20 years can can make a difference on how that feels to the to the dog or or even the cat as they're flowing yeah
1: now I have a question I have questions because I'm going to go back to one of them which is the just breathe (laughs) which uh, for me so now Sometimes a visit to the vet is a routine visit. It's, you know, they're, it's a vaccination or it's just, you know, your yearly exam or what have you. But for us, at least in our family, uh, we've had a series of emergency visits. And my husband and I joke that we're actually spending more on the, the, the veterinary emergency care than we do in the entire year on our own medical care. So right. those situations where, you know, dog's bleeding there's a puncture wound from another dog biting them they're in a lot of pain you're freaking out what kind of advice do you have because clearly and I was highly aware and my husband kept reminding me she's picking up on how freaked out you are right now <laughs> so what kind of advice can you give to pet parents on how to handle those high stress situations for you because you're worried about the dog or the cat
6: uh, what kind of advice can you give in there well, this is a great place to know the Boy Scout motto of be prepared. So I think the more you know um, and and are prepared for how to handle an emergency and have a plan in place, the smoother it'll go. So you want to know where your closest emergency hospital is, if that's your own vet or if you need to travel. You want to have the number handy. Once you call them, they're going to do a really good job of helping you triage the emergency and giving you advice on what to do until you get there. So I think this is where you really want to have everything, the plan in place before it, before it even happens. But obviously, if there's bleeding, you're going to use direct pressure. It's really important not to get bitten in these situations because even the most loving pet, um, when they're in pain, um, can bite. So that's an important thing as well, to, to be cautious. And then, like you, like you said, I think your husband's advice was good. Just you've got to have the presence of mind to say, we can't panic because nothing good comes out of that.
1: Yeah. And, and then when you, when you're in a situation where, and this is something that I mean, and maybe you don't have an answer to this, but this is another situation that we've come into a lot at veterinarians is we'll go in, everything's cool. We're fine. We got the dog in, we're treating, treating, treating. They're having a great time. And then another animal instigates something and then everything goes downhill from there. Any thoughts from what a how a pet parent can handle those situations and prevent those situations if it is possible?
6: That's a great question and even the tip about being waiting outside if it's a crowded mm-hmm. waiting room I think can be helpful. It's our job, right, to be the voice for our dog and be the advocate for our, you know, dog or cat. So, we have to have the um the vision, kind of the the foresight right, to look around and say wait a second, there's, there's a potential for a problem here. And don't be shy about asking to, you know, move, asking to be, you know, relocated where you are, or um, just being proactive, I guess, is the right word to, to head off a situation. Sometimes you can't accidents happen, but yeah. don't be shy. I mean, I, I even as a parent of, of four le- legged, two legged children, I always regret when I see like, uh, you know, I see danger. I'm coming down the road and I just don't open my mouth because it seems like it's not the polite thing to do. And then there's some catastrophe. So I've learned over the years not to be shy about just politely saying, hey, this is a situation that I'm comfortable with. Do you mind mm-hmm. if I change it? You know, how would you like me to handle that and and try to be proactive about avoiding anything like any situation that could result in your poor little pet being traumatized yeah
1: it's all about being proactive and i really appreciate you giving us all these great tips today can you tell everybody where they can find more information from you because you've got a wealth of information on your blog
6: we do thank you so very much for the opportunity our blog is on our website toegrips.com that's t-o-e-g-r-i-p-s.com and we have a new podcast that's called the busby dog podcast and it's on itunes and google play Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Busby, and we hope to have you back on the show soon. Thanks so much,
1: Lori, and it's been great. Stick around, pet lovers. For our last segment, we're going to chat with a veterinarian that is changing the way we say goodbye to our beloved fur kids. It is one of the most profound new enhancements that I've discovered in veterinary science, and I'm really excited to share it with you. You don't want to miss it because that's what's next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America.
3: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: Would you like to be the change you see needed in the world? Are you ready to make a difference? If so, tune in to Voice for Truth with host Sharon Wyckoff. Every show will be filled with inspiring content to support you in recognizing your greatness. Guests will share their expertise, young people will tell how they are making a difference you too can be a voice for truth. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleine Hour is Health from an Environmental Perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
3: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at one 472 5788 Again, that's one 472 5788 Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, Pet Lovers. To wrap up today's show, we're going to talk to a new veterinarian company, that is changing the way we say goodbye to our beloved animal family members. I know it's a really difficult thing to talk about, but it's so important that we do. And this company is really special. It's called Lap of Love, and I'm so honored today to have Dr. Danny McVetty, she's the founder of Lap of Love, with me today on Pet Lover Geek to talk with us about it. Dr. Danny, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. You and I have been known each other, I guess, for about a year now. Um, and I love what you do. So I'm excited to share this with, with my my audience out here. So let's start first with the mission of Lap of Love. What drove you to start this company?
5: Uh, and, and you know, Laurie, and I had no idea that this was going to be um, my career path. I really had no idea when I walked across that stage and got my, my doctorate of veterinary medicine, you know, my DVM. And it was just a couple months out of school when I realized, you know, I went from my first day on call, literally not being able to do the euthanasia. I actually had the, the technicians that were working with me had to help me do it because I was so scared. I didn't receive any education in it at all. And then I found myself just within a few weeks tapping into my volunteer work with human hospice, and and relearning and reutilizing those tools that they taught me as a volunteer on what to say, how to say it, and and really embracing death as not a failure of medicine, but simply as the natural progression of biology. And when I started doing that, I, I um. I switched from being afraid of losing a patient to actually embracing the entire experience and taking a lot of, um, of responsibility for it as a doctor and the, the, um, the care and the fulfillment that I get out of that, out of honoring that experience instead of treating it again as, as something that means that I didn't do my job as a doctor has brought me so much happiness and love and, and and again, fulfillment in my own career.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I would love to kind of paint the picture for people that are listening, like, what happens with the lap of love visit? Because it's, it's a full experience. And I, I mean, I've, I've, I've not had it myself, but I know that I've talked to both you and your co-founder, Mar- Dr. Mary, uh, about what happens. But I would love for you to kind of explain the way it works and how it's so much different than what they would experience in, in a veterinarian clinic
5: yeah, absolutely. and and you know, so the the first thing to do is touch on um not only the word that you said, but then the second phrase that you said, and, and that this is an experience. you know, losing a pet and saying goodbye to a family member. it's it, it is literally it's 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 saying goodbye to a member of the family. Um, in veterinary school, we are taught that the ideal way to do this procedure, you know, quote procedure, is that you take the pet into the back, um, into the treatment area of the clinic, you place an IV catheter, which means you tape in, you know, an actual catheter into a vein, you bring the pet back into the room, you give an, an a sedation injection through that, that catheter port into the vein, and then we give the euthanasia solution, which is an overdose of, of sedation. Um, so it's an overdose of barbiturates, and it, it is literally just an overdose of anesthesia. They go under just like going under for surgery, and they don't wake back up. So that's that's a normal process that we're taught as veterinarians. Um, but one day, a woman came into the veterinary clinic that I was working in, and she said, "You know, I don't want my my pet off my lap. Can you know? I know we need to euthanize, and can you leave him on my lap?" So what I did was I, um, I I wanted to honor what she was asking me to, and I love people so much, which is part of our mission that I, I decided that I needed to figure out a way to do this. And so what I did was I, I gave the, the first injection under the skin. So with this particular um, family, I gave the injection to their little dog through the blanket, which means that the, blanket, the, the dog didn't have to you know, get out of the blanket or out of his mom's lap. Um, so then um, what, what I did after was uh, put the euthanasia solution in a, a butterfly syringe, um, a, a butterfly catheter, and actually gave the injection um, without having to tape anything into the pet. So, um, you know, whereas in a clinic, they're going to generally take the pet away, place a catheter and then bring them back in. And then you say goodbye in a clinic and then, of course, get back in your car and drive home. But with us, we come to the home. Everything we do is in the home. And we take particular, uh, you know, um, I guess, pride in the the process. So, again, just like I did with that that woman that one day in in the clinic, which sparked the idea for Lap of Love, um, we give the first injection under the skin. And it's just like a vaccine injection. And it's a heavy sedative mixed with a heavy pain reliever. And every pet's gonna, we're gonna tweak the, the, the cocktail a little bit. You know, um, every species is a little bit different, and dogs and cats are gonna be different. But that sedation injection takes about three to five minutes for the pet to relax and get calm and comfortable. And we use this sedation injection in other parts of our practice, but to bring this into euthanasia, is something that, that's relatively new, I guess. Um, and that, those three to five minutes allow that pet to, really, from the family's perspective, appear to be going to sleep. So they get very calm and relaxed. And particularly when there's children around or, or, you know, I mean, obviously this is such a, a, a very emotional time. That time is sometimes the, the time when somebody looks at me and says, I haven't seen my pet sleep in months. I haven't seen him comfortable in days. I haven't seen her relaxed in hours, you know, anything like that. Um, and then the, the second injection that we give, again, it's, you know, that, that's the same medication that every veterinarian uses. And that one goes in a vein. So, but when we give that injection to a pet that is calm and comfortable and relaxed you know in the arms of their mom and dad Um, little pets are in their the family's laps you know that is it's a different experience that that we get to allow when we say goodbye which then of course allows us to be on a beach at sunset on someone's backyard you know and everyone gives a toast to their pet and then then I give the injection I mean anything is possible when it comes to having a process that honors what that animal bond is well and I think that's to me,
1: I mean, that's what's so beautiful about what you guys do. And I'm having a hard time just listening to you. <laughs> but <it's>, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just it's just, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about my own pets, obviously. But just that ability to personalize it for what makes sense for the family. And, and you can have the other pets there, too. And so many times, uh, pets are are going to be losing their companions, you know, like their brother or their yep. first sister or whatever. And so to be able to have them there is part of the process, too. and mm-hmm. It just means it's so much more, in my mind, so much higher quality and lovely experience than that rather cold clinical experience that often is based in fear for the pet, you know, about going to the vet. Like all of a sudden it's leaving this world in a comfortable, loving place.
5: It is. And, and, and and we, we, we sometimes in veterinary medicine, we're there to treat the disease. You know, we are Mm -hmm. taught how to treat the disease. We go to school for a very long time to learn about the mechanics, the physiology of a disease. And then when we get out as veterinarians, there's the, there's the the particular type of doctor that also loves the humans. Mm -hmm. And we love the bond that the humans have. And we have fantastic advancements like fear-free and so many different ways that we can make the experience of a a pet going into the clinic good Mm -hmm. you know but at the end of the day is that where the family wants to say goodbye and we can say of course is that where the pet wants to say goodbye we don't know for goodness sakes but we do know that when uh when we can honor the the client's wishes as well as the pet's wishes you know that is where the real magic happens
1: and and when through Working with lap of Love, does the pet parent, you know, are they working with their own veterinarian and the own veterinarian would basically say, you know, it's time and then they call you or is this something that they're able to arrange ahead of time so that if they know the end is coming soon that they, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious about what that process is to determine when is the event actually going to happen?
5: Right. Absolutely. You know, and and over half of the families that call us call us because their regular veterinarian has suggested that they reach out to someone. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And there
5: are a lot of fantastic regular um, and by by regular, I mean general practice, you know, primary care veterinarians that will go to the homes. The limitations that they have is that, you know, the vast majority of our calls come with less than 24 hours notice. Mm -hmm. And just like coming into this world is unpredictable. You know, you can go see a a, a group of eight OBGYNs when you're Mm -hmm. pregnant, but you don't know who's going to be on call that day. Right. But your general practitioner may not be available to come out to you at the very moment that you need to. So the, the ones, you know, the families that are, are are blessed to have a little bit of preparation time, meaning their pet isn't, you know, going downhill rapidly, they call us at the beginning. And our preference is for, come, for someone to call and say, here's where I'm at, you know, um, further treatment is not an option for us for whatever reason. And, um, you know, we are looking to explore other options. You know, and many of our families call us by saying, it's time, I know it's time, we need to say goodbye. You know, but there's, there's also that opportunity for us as, as this awareness grows for a family to call us and say, okay, you know, I'm not going to go back to my primary care physician simply because there's nothing more that we can do. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that it is a, the decision of a family or doesn't need to be put on a family to know when that right time is to euthanize. My clients do not practice veterinary medicine. I will never tell a client, you are doing the right thing. They're not doing anything. I say, we together, we are making the very best decision that we can possibly make. Mm-hmm. And there isn't one moment in time when it's the right time to do it or the wrong time to do it. There's a subjective period of time in which it's a right, it's it, it's a good decision. Yeah. And before which, you know, veterinarians are going to say, no, they have a quality of life. And you know, of course those aren't, the, we don't generally see those in, in veterinary medicine. But then after which, there's a sustained suffering, and that's what happened, and that's what I saw in the emergency clinic, which is why I started Lap of Love in the first place.
1: Right. So the, the, the idea of making them suffer and, and, and just so that they could stay a couple of days longer, to me, is, that's what breaks my heart. So okay. when the whole thing is over, so like at the veterinary clinic, you know, from remembering back from animals that I've had to let go of at the clinics, um, they just take them away, and then um, oftentimes I'll get them, you know, um, cremation done and then I get them back in a little plastic box or a little (laughs) cardboard box in a bag. What what process happens with you guys? Because that's actually one of the more devastating things (laughs) to have to do. It is. Yeah.
5: Right. Yeah. And and there's a a certain percentage of our families that choose to bury at home. So that's, of course, Mm -hmm. an option then A larger percentage of requests that we handle the cremation. So, what we do is the larger pets come with us on a, a nice stretcher that we have and they go in the car with us, and the smaller guys ride in the front seat, buckled up, and they're all covered in a blanket and tucked in nicely.
1: Hmm. And we
5: handle all the cremation
1: arrangements. That's amazing. That, great work. So, I want to let people know how they can find this service in their area.
5: Yeah, so we have lapoflove.com, and um, you can just plug in your zip code and phone number will come up if you'd like, or you can find, you know, the doctor in your area. And, and if not, I think then Lorian will talk about that later about how you can find another doctor that offers this um, in your home if we don't have a lab of doctor in the area.
1: Right. Yeah, that's actually something we'll, we'll mention too on our on our uh, Facebook post when we post this later about how, what to do if you don't because like I don't have them in my community. I don't. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Danny. I wish we had more time, but we were running out. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing work that you and your veterinarians are doing. Thank you so much. And that is all that we have time for today, Pet Lovers. I want to thank all my guests on today's show, Dr. Michelle Forbes, Dr. Julie Busby, and, of course, Steve Dale. Uh, They had some great information uh, for us. Make sure you check out that information, the Fear Free Initiative, other great resources that were shared today to make sure that your pet has the best experience possible when getting their medical care. That's all we have time for today, but we will see you next time on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek.